So we haven't got quite as much time as we normally have um, on a Sunday morning, so rather than start with some incredibly funny jokes, as I usually do, I'd like to plunge right in and look at some Bible verses together. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is writing to one of the early churches in a place called Corinth, where he says this, My work was to plant the seed in your hearts, and Apollos, who was another early church leader, his work was to water it. But it was God, not we, who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God is the one who makes things grow. He also wrote to the church in a place called Colossae, and he says, it's from Christ that all of the parts of the body are cared for and held together. So it grows in the way God wants it to grow. Another translation says, it grows with a growth that is from God. And then finally, Matthew 16. Jesus says, I will build my church. Which kind of neatly sums up what all of these other verses are saying. It's God who makes things grow, not us. It's his church and he grows it the way that he wants to. Jesus builds his church where he wants to, how he wants to, and the shapes and sizes that he wants to. There's no better or worse size. There's no right or wrong size. It's his call in every church, in every place. So keeping all of that in mind, I now want to show you some statistics. Now this graph is showing the average number of people who came to Aylesbury Vineyard each week on a Sunday morning in the month of October 2014 through 2019, how it's grown in the past five years. This doesn't include any midweek events or storehouse or Sunday evening services, just Sunday mornings. So five years ago on the uh, left-hand side of the graph, the attendance was in the 20, uh, sorry, 200 to 230 something range. Our lowest Sunday that year was actually 134. This year, since September, every single week we've been between 345 and 400. We've had four Sundays this year of 400 plus, with a high of 449. So if we were to add in the Sunday evening numbers, those weeks would be over 450. Now here are the numbers for just the children. And you can see it's a fairly similar picture. Now when we created the vineyard kids space that we call the warehouse at the other end of the building back in 2014, you can see that we had about half the number of children that we have today. 50 something to 100 and something. Already this year, since September, we've had one week with over 120. And that doesn't include the youth which is about 15 to 20 teenagers every Sunday as well. Now, of course, it's very important that the size of a church doesn't tell us anything about the health of a church. Size is not everything. But if God is doing something, if Jesus is building his church, then obviously we have to keep up with him. We have to do what we need to do to keep making it possible for us to welcome people that God wants to send to us. We don't want to be saying in effect that we are closed to new members or we haven't got any space for any new families or any new children. 
because all of us were new once, weren't we? And I think for quite a few of us, this kind of really hit home to us back in August when we decided, in what seemed like a good idea at the time, to only have one service because lots of people would be away on holiday. But despite that, we had nearly 300. And that is about 120 people more than we had in August two years ago, in 2017. And just to put that 300 in context, our planning permission for this auditorium only allows us 310 people at any one time. The number of children in August on, in the one service was somewhere between 70 and 80 which ironically uh, is 50% more than in one service for the rest of the year. So much for making life easier for the Vineyard Kids team. We're obviously going to have to rethink that for next year. So again, we need to remind ourselves that it is God who makes things grow, not us. But of course, it has implications for us as we run to keep up with him. So the question is, what are we going to do? God will not send people to us and he won't send families to us if we can't look after them. Now back in 2013 when Lynn and I started leading the church, we felt very clearly that God was asking us to take Ellsbury Vineyard from being a big, small church to being a small, big church. And we shared with people a scripture that we felt God had given us at the time, which was Isaiah 54, 2. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. And these four words in that verse kind of leapt out to us. Enlarge, stretch, lengthen and strengthen. And then we had that same verse again in 2016, just before we went to two services. And doing that definitely felt like a stretch at the time for those of us who were there. And then one year ago in October 2018, someone emailed us with that very same verse. And just out of interest, I thought I would look it up in some other translations. The NLT changes the tent metaphor to a house metaphor. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense. Now, much as I normally like the NLT, I wasn't so sure about that spare no expense bit. I'm not sure the trustees wanted to hear that either. I also had a look at the message and that says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, think big. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Now the message version might not be that close to the original Hebrew, but I kind of liked it because that was actually the title that I had come up with for the talk today, Our Growing Family. And that's going to be the theme for our Thanksgiving service offering in two weeks' time, Our Growing Family. So let me explain for those who don't know what our Thanksgiving offering is all about. As you probably know, we encourage everyone who sees Alsbury Vineyard as my church to be financially committed to the church, to be an investor in what we're doing. Ideally, we want that to be generously and sacrificially. 
because we want to do everything generously and sacrificially because of God's generosity and sacrifice for us. Now in the Bible there were two basic ways in which God asked his people to give. One was by tithing, which is kind of like regular giving throughout the year. 10% of what God had given them, given back to him through their local community of God's people. So that's kind of the equivalent of us giving each month from what we get each month. And then the other way that people gave was through free will offerings. And they were called free will offerings because there was no set amount for them. So our Thanksgiving service in November is when we invite the church here to give a free will offering. And that's to help us make something happen that we wouldn't be able to without it. Now, one of our core values here is that we never pressure anyone about money. And I hope that you've found that to be true in your own experience of the church. In fact, we very rarely even talk much about it. And we never, ever ask anyone to give what they haven't got. In fact, shame on any church that would do that. So we have to rely on the Holy Spirit opening hearts and minds and wallets to want to give. We're actually the kind of church where it's pretty easy to get away with not giving if you want to. But if you're someone who does want to be involved and included in what we're doing, who really wants to do what God wants you to do with your money, then the Apostle Paul says some very helpful things in 2 Corinthians. And 2 Corinthians is interesting because Paul is writing to that church about a free will offering that he's asking them to contribute to. So it's a very similar context to our context here uh, going into Thanksgiving. And the first helpful thing he says is this. If the willingness is there, then the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And then in the next chapter, he says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. One translation says that God loves a person who takes pleasure in their giving. So give what's in your heart to give, enjoy your giving, and do it based on what you have, not what, on what you don't have. The more that we have, the more God asks of us. The less we have, the less God asks of us. So we who have more have greater responsibility for financing the work of the kingdom than those who have less. In Luke 12, 48, Jesus said, much is required from the person to whom much is given. Much more is required from the person to whom much more is given. Now, the outworking of all of these verses and all of these principles is none of our business as a church. It's between each of us and God, as individuals and as couples. So if you're in a relationship, please talk about it together. And start by asking each other, what is in your heart? Because if generosity towards God is in our hearts, then what we give will just naturally follow on from that. But if it isn't in our hearts, then, as Mike Pilavachi puts it, just dropping Bible bombs on people isn't going to change it. 
All the verses in the world aren't going to change it if people don't want to give. And then finally, Paul says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And I think this is a biblical truth in which he's asking us, just like he was asking them, do you believe this or not? Are we people who start with the belief that whatever we have now and whatever we're going to have in the future is because God is the one giving it to us? Do we believe that there is a link between what we sow and what we reap? Do we believe it when it says that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, not necessarily all that you want, you will abound in every good work. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know, our financial giving is one of the very few ways that we're able to tangibly say to God and say to ourselves as well that we are a person of faith, that we are living out what these verses are telling us. Because giving, and especially giving generously, needs faith, doesn't it? And if Jesus is Lord of our money, then it's a pretty good indication that he's Lord of our life as well. So let me finish with what it is that we're going to be asking everyone who wants to, to give generously to in our free will offering this coming Thanksgiving. What we're asking you, if you would join us in helping to make happen to accommodate our growing family. And in simple terms, what we want to do is, number one, to increase the size of the auditorium, and number two, to create three new vineyard kids' rooms. Now, in a moment, we're going to watch a short video with an artist's impression of what that will look like. Or perhaps more accurately, I should say, it's an Adam and Austin impression of what it will look like. Uh, not because they're not wonderful artists, but the free software that we're using has its limitations. Uh, but just to uh, kind of set the scene, uh, what we're going to do is these things. We're going to reduce the size of the PA desk to about half its current size, and we're going to relocate the media bits to a new media room, which will be in the corner over there as a kind of mirror image of the mother and baby room. We're going to take out that staircase at the back that goes up to the mezzanine, and we're going to board up the opening above it. So the walkway to get to our seats will be around the very back of the auditorium, which will cut out the walk of shame for anyone who's a little bit late coming in and trying to find a seat uh, and getting in the way of people sitting behind. And that will give us about another 50 seats, mostly centrally located between where the current seats are and the desk. Uh, we're also going to then knock out the wall where the fire escape is, just there by the refreshments banner, and we're going to incorporate the space behind it into the auditorium, where there will be a new permanent bar area to serve refreshments. And then finally, the two uh, big rooms that you may or may not have seen uh, that are behind the auditorium there, directly behind, uh, those um, are currently used by Storehouse, but they're going to become new vineyard kids' rooms. 
One of those will become a permanent soft playroom for the younger children, which will help to enhance their Sunday morning experience as well as being used for the soft play cafe that we run on Monday mornings. And repurposing those two storehouse rooms is made possible because we've changed the way that we keep and display storehouse furniture. Instead of having it laid out in a kind of showroom style, which takes up an incredible amount of floor space, what we're doing now is photographing it as it comes in so that our clients can look at what's available kind of like in an Argos catalogue instead. So we're not taking anything away from what we do in storehouse, we're just being smarter about how we use the space that we have. And then at the other end of the building, what we're going to do is to create a new entrance uh, to the, the warehouse area uh, next to the, where the patch of grass is, if you know where, where I, what I mean by that. And we'll be making some internal changes there to create a new vineyard kids room there as well. So this is the artist's impression, or the Adam and Austin impression, of what this bit of the building is going to look like. Okay, so you can see that's uh, how you're looking at the moment. That's the, the stage panning around. You can see there the, uh, the two sets of doors and the glass window. And here's where it begins to change. So you can see there opening up the area to the left at the back. We'll go in there in a moment. You can see the new slimmed down PA desk next to the pillar there. And then on the right-hand side, that's where the new media room will be. And then where the, from where the seats are at the moment, we'll have some extra rows which will go up to and around the PA desk. Okay, so now we've switched in to the new area. You can see the auditorium stage from there. That's the mother and baby room in the centre and the door to the cafe. So it'll make it easier to get in and out of those rooms as well. And then this is the new bar area for serving the refreshments. You can see the uh, staircase at the back there, which will go up to the mezzanine, which we use for storage. And then as we pan round, that's uh, some new doors, which will be the fire escape. And then a couple of doors here, which will go into the new vineyard kids areas. most expensive thing is the soundproofing between the auditorium and the vineyard kids' room. <laughs> so this is the, the room itself, looking back um, towards the cafe. Nice colour on the walls, don't you think? If you're put off um, giving to this because you don't like the colour, come and have a word with me, we can negotiate. And then there's a, the second room there, which runs through from the first one, and it's the one behind there that will become the permanent soft play area. There's no soft play stuff shown in there, that's just some of Austin's toys. There's also going to be a, a toilet there through that door, or rather I should say access to, we're repurposing an existing toilet so that again the, the kids will be able to have their own um, secure toileting area. And there we are, back to where we started from. So what do you think?
got 13 seconds to wait for this to finish. So check Facebook or something. Oh, yeah, we're back. Okay. Um, so um, what's the cost of all this, I hear you say? I'm so glad you asked. Um, well, we've, we've kind of ignored the NLT translation of Isaiah 54.2, spare no expense, and we've had some quotes, and the cost will be £30,000, which is obviously a lot of money. So we're kind of asking the church, would you be willing to dig deep and enlarge your hearts and make the stretch to help us accommodate our growing family so that we can invite others to come here and welcome them to make this their church just as we've been invited and welcomed to make it our church. So before we finish, just a a couple of other things that will also be part of our Thanksgiving offering in two weeks' time. And the first is that we actually need £33,000 just to stretch our faith a little bit more. And that's because we want to tithe that offering and give 10% of what God gives us to something outside of us, to practice what we preach, if you like. So we're going to give the first £3,000 of that offering, or 10% if it's more than that, to the Every Life charity, which is run by Nicola and Simon Neal in the church, Uh, who do some amazing work transforming lives in slum communities in Uganda, in Kenya. And then, like we've also done in previous years, we also want to try to help make Christmas a little bit more special for some of our storehouse and make lunch families. And what we're going to do is uh, to ask you if you would be willing to give some stuff in Christmas hampers, Uh, ideally make them up and bring them already made up. If not, just bring some stuff and we'll, and we'll make them um, as well. But to bring some hampers of different sizes with some Christmas goodies in, so like some chocolate crisps, um, Christmas puddings and uh, other stuff that families might not otherwise be able to have and for us to be able to give those away um, over the period between now and Christmas. Um, Lynn said I had to say please make sure that the sell-by dates go beyond Christmas, otherwise it would be a great shame to give people stuff they have to throw away before Christmas comes around. We will communicate all that in uh, an email um, during the course of this week, so don't don't worry about making any notes about that stuff now. We'll explain um, before uh, next Sunday and then the week after as well. And then the final thing to say is that as well as us being able to involve the children in bringing and and giving the stuff tangibly and physically, which is really good for them to be involved in, um, during Vineyard Kids that morning, they're also going to be making Christmas cards to go with the hampers. So a card that will say, love from Aylesbury Vineyard, from Vineyard Kids, which will be great. And then when we do the financial offering part of that service, then the kids will be joining us for that uh, so they can give their Christmas cards at the same time. So what do you think? Are you up to help us with that project? I hope so. Thank you.